You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures. Wherever you're listening right around the country, Patrick Dangerfield, Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to chat all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. All thanks to our good mates at Club Marine. Redmond, good morning. Morning, Patrick. It's two in a, a row, mate. <laughs> two in a row. I was going to leave you today, but you've started it yourself. And uh, pleasure to be here as usual. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm going well. First week back into pre-season mm-hmm. and you're starting, you know, you're seeing all of the headlines. Ex-player is in the best nick of their life. So, so-and-so team, ready to go to the next level. <laughs> you see it everywhere. You can cut it and paste it How's from the media? every team. Like, I know we're media at the moment, but... Media. <laughs> what are you saying? Oh, we're we're rubbish. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you got to sell something. You got to sell optimism. How are you feeling? You're a bit old now. <laughs> Day one back. You just, was it? Best nick of my life. Is that, who wrote that? <laughs> Tom Brown or something from Fox? Is he from Fox? Seven. Seven. Our same, man Browning. Same thing. Our man Browning. No. Well. Uh, no, I'm feeling good. How was it? How was it day one? You are back into work. You've had a good, reasonable break. Not as long as some, because you won the flag. If people needed a bit of a reminder there. Now this, <laughs> this is this is not a shot at the football club. I'm about to talk about. Not at all. We'll make that really clear. So anyway, Patrick's contract has been reduced to last year. This no, year. No, no, no. This is not a this is not a knock at the local club where we trained. However, oh. talk about going from chocolates to boiled lollies. Our last game, MCG, hundred thousand people. Yep, bitch that. Where did you go? Remember it? Where was next? North Shore. Oh, God. <laughs> North <laughs> Shore. Did you just have to line up on a line and oh. pick anything up off the ground? Oh, <laughs> no. Our very good friends at North Shore, good enough to look after us with so, an oval. But it, it was a little bit like going from the yeah. your pinnacle to very much local level. Do you, know, do you know what bit of reality check for you guys? That. How's the ankles? <laughs> Mate, because that's what we have to run on. It was a hard deck, I'm telling you. Um, And Arvo Session, so she was windy out there at North Shore. What about... um, So for those, you know, unacquainted with local Geelong lingo and football, obviously we're a national show, picture your local football club, very much a local football club. The um, Geelong Football Club has just wandered down to your local club and decided to conduct their first session of the season there. And we're not going to call it a Division 1 club either, North Shore. It's down a little bit. It, it's down <laughs> a little bit. A bit like my local club. It, it's not upper echelon. Blue collar, as you as you like to say, Redmond. Now, how did the boys look? It was uh, obviously a long, a long, well, not a long, you had what, a couple months off and then back into it. Now, they stay, it does did feel they stay quick. fit? Parfit, I know you're into him about the, the uh, what are they called? Looks if, very the, good. The folds and the stomach, whatever you, what do you We always folds? have a competition of yeah. who's going to come back um, skinnier. Who? We both probably fail. <laughs> <laughs> no, Let's get into some no, fishing. You. No, well, I was going to say, no, the boy's looking wonderful. Unbelievable. Who do, you, who do you like the most? Fire in the belly, brimstone, those sorts of things. You know who I like? Have you aged? <laughs> No, we've gotten quite young. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's too young. I feel not enough thirty-year-olds. What are you doing next week? <laughs> uh, I've got no heart. Jack, <laughs> what? Uh, Jack Bowes looking very good. I think look, Jack when he from the Gold Coast, former top ten pick. I think when the Gold Coast resume, the expectations on them are like you know, 
14, 15K sessions and you've got to be humming. So Jack's come back, mate. He looks Flying. Un- unbelievable. We're just going to make sure we uh, we pull him back a little bit at some stages, which is, in a, which is a nice spot to be in, but we want to be peaking. If you think about it, we want to be peaking in 10 months' time. You know, we want to be in great... Nick in round one, but Bill <laughs> and Jack, honestly, mate, the, he can't it build looks anymore. unbelievable. Makes everyone look Dominating. stupid. <laughs> Speaking of a, a bit of peak, the waters right around our country have peaked everywhere. And mate. you headed down, we well, had a sportsman night. Hit it up. You, you hit it up because you were probably fishing out of the trees. Mate. You uh, had a sportsman's night down in, I'm going to go the middle of nowhere, and you ended up with... Uh, Wangaratta. Baz, middle of nowhere. met up with Baz Sullivan. I did, we went for a fish. show, and you went for a fish chasing uh, Murray Cod to eat by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got some abuse from the... I posted a yeah, uh, photo of a... Murray Cod, you can't eat that. You can't keep that. I didn't keep it. I took a photo of it and then put it back in the water because I'm not interested in eating them. But fish the ovens in Murray. Yep. Uh, last weekend, and my godfather, the the water height and it had subsided. They reckon by two meters was extraordinary. Yep. The flow through regions where normally there is no flow or very little was extraordinary. I. It was was it Murray Cut opening? It, it was. It had opened on the Thursday, so there were stacks of boats around. But it wasn't a great time to fish because there was just so much. Well, I was going to ask you that. Is he going to like? They reckon. I'm pretty sure the Murray, for instance, is going to be. They reckon mid next year is when it's going to start to drop and be safe for people to go back into properly. Yeah, we were, we were chatting you a few sort of local boaties, and they were saying the same thing. They fish it a lot. Um, you know, it's really, it's ended Jan, start of Feb, when it starts, you know, that water subsides, it clears up. Because at the moment, it's so much, it's like there's been carp everywhere for the last yeah. six months, you know, feeding. So, we fished and then we made our way, we fished for an hour, having started at nine, or started maybe, maybe closer to ten. And then we were like, there's a winery that's, close. That's danger filled hours for you, anyone that knows. You'd like this. Well, I didn't want to get up early. Um, kids have been a nightmare of late. Uh, Your fault? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I owe my wife. Anyway, fish for an hour and we're like, Google Maps. Ooh, Squires Winery is not far away. You'd like this. So we drop into the winery, yeah. couple of pinots and, uh, and a steak sandwich for lunch. It was the worst example of fishing you'll ever, you'll ever see he- or hear about. If you would say to me, we're going Murray Cod fishing for an hour and then going to a winery, I would think it's the best day in the world. (laughs) (laughs) You're pushing your limit with the hour Murray Cod, but I'm all for a winery and a couple of of sad blocks. (laughs) So so we did that and then we fished for an hour. Actually caught a fish. We are like, oh, this is a bonus. Then we went in because it was... Bloody hell, it was hot. Yeah, it was hot. And then didn't we get a I reminder I, on Monday that... Um, I thought I was going to die on Sunday. <laughs> I'm on all these fluid restrictions and it felt like the life had been sucked out of me. I sat in, I literally had a cold shower and then sat in front of the aircon. Well, you went diving, yeah, didn't I went, you? I went diving. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I went dive, but I had to sit in front of the aircon with the cold water on me and then I got too cold. <laughs> so I had to warm back up again. And then, oh, it was it was bloody co- bloody hot. And then reality check. How's this weather? Like another week Mate, of just bloody terrible. crap. Like, 
the fish have got to be confused because I, I am like they're going to be doing circles going as a hold of cold because the snapper fishing the only thing is the snapper fishing are going to hold they should hold good for like a period of time because the water temp is not going up it's like it can't go up there's no temperature to work with and hang around because we will be uh, we'll be doing the whip yep. around after this first break and finding out what is biting right around the country and we'll cover comprehensively Victoria Aaron has been hammering the snapper. We spoke about the poor weather, terrible weather, matched only by the terrible driving in uh, the west of Western Australia. Yes, this is good. This is... Well, it's not good. I'd argue on that well, point. Well, okay, it's not good for the people involved, but for Facebook and people that are watching... So doing the good. rounds on social media, and it's lucky not to get the gaff, but the... The gaff this week will go to just some sort of ridiculous, uh, you know, so-called fisherman that has made one of the uh, the bigger blunders that you'll ever have. And, and lucky enough, our man Aaron Habgood was there to rescue him. But fishing around Western Australia posted uh, multiple on, posts. on their page, and and lucky enough, there was some CT, CCT footage of a front yard of a house, and you could see in the top corner, Redmond. This UFO-like, <laughs> this UFO, absolutely humming, and then bang straight into. I think it was a fifty-five-foot commercial vessel, cray boat. Sure. Looked like a cray boat in WA, straight into the side of it, and out the other and out side, the, <laughs> and out the other side. I don't even know how it's managed to. I actually, no, I do know how it's managed to do it. They had to, they couldn't see because it was dark. They were going too fast in an area that I don't think they could be travelling in. So far, I could be wrong. Over. If I am, tell me off, but. You don't have a heap of moored boats in an area where there's not usually a five knot zone, so I'm just using the, you know the, the I, maths there. I'm not. I'm not sure you're jumping at or you know, clutching at straws well, there. I think you might be. right. I think I might be slightly right there. There's not often I'm right, and I could be this time. And they've nicknamed this boat the bloke that's done this. He's called the Full Send. So, <laughs> full send. so coming off the back of his name too, I think he's going a little bit too quick. And he has rid off his own boat. He's. I'm going to go with written off this commercial boat. That's going to be hard to fix. Like a boat's gone through a what, boat. What was the commentary? That's not going to buff out. Yeah, that's not going to buff out. <laughs> oh, this is. Uh, it's not. We shouldn't be laughing because it is scary. Uh, from all reports, everyone's Mate, they okay. They were lucky. No one was killed. Yeah, everyone's honestly. okay from all reports, which is great. No one was on the commercial boat, and there was a couple on the other boat. So, yeah. <laughs> not good. Just stick to your five knot zones. It's I don't know they're everywhere and they're a pain in the backside a lot of the time. Like well, I go through the Bowen River, and is just... that the worst? Like because there's actually footage of it. Can you remember? I a... don't think they're getting out of it. Is that what you're going? <laughs> I was going to say, what's the worst boating incident? Ooh. And let's let's steer clear of fatalities here because that's that's not fun to talk about. But in terms of boating accidents and. Uh, you know, there's some great clips that you see on, you know, YouTube of of boats. Qualified captains, terrific one. Yeah, and you see these boats being, you know, all of a sudden they conk out, they're in waves, and holy crap, that doesn't look good. Yep. There's a couple of there's a couple of big sort of flybridges. Well, that looks like a nice flybridge, and you've got lovely footage of it, and then whack, the top of it's gone. It, it, it's, it's it, either, it hits a bridge or it hits a rock, like. What's the worst one in your experience as a fisherman I've, that you've seen? I haven't seen many accidents, which I'm glad I haven't, but I've seen so many, we'll call them yachties, but yeah, some, but some's yeah. not, around the Queenslip Harbour. I've seen them take out so many boats. Like, I worked out of the harbour for a long time, and <laughs> as soon as they come in, you're like, hey, okay. watch this. Watch your eyes over here. It's why. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can see it coming from a mile away. Oh, 
It's why you and I always say, like, if you could set up cameras at every boat oh. show, you would have one of the great... We've got a good gaff coming up later, which I wish... I'm going to talk about that later, but there's be, don't go anywhere at the end of the show because a very good friend of ours, he was on the show only a few weeks ago. He's Think got Australian cricket and, and... Big ass, massive ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is like a boat ramp is one of the, you know, it's the sacred places that you can go to and it's not about enjoying, you know, other people making mistakes, but sometimes there is something satisfying about watching something that... You just can't comprehend. I shouldn't say this on air, but when I just head to Queenscliff and I'm with the missus or something, I always park the car there for 10 minutes just waiting and have watching. Yeah, just have a look because you want to see, especially on peak day, because I don't often go out when it's real busy. And you sit down the ramp in the car, and like, yep, two people say good day, and you're just talking and watching the guys go down the ramp. Sure, probably should be helping, but <laughs> it's, or yeah, you it's see good him, entertainment. You see them come in and then you hear, oh, yeah. it's like, mm, have you lifted the motor? Yeah, I straight up the thing. Yeah, I've seen that too many times. Straight up the ramp. Yeah. yeah that's, and yeah. then hit little bump, bang. It's like, oh, what's that boat? Remind me not to buy it next time. If it comes up for sale. Well, that boat is cheap on boat sales, the one that went through the Cray boat. Yeah, I mean, it is missing a bow. And half the side's bent. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a banana. It'll buff out. Hey, your week in fishing, how's it been? Well, we'll get into that in the next side of it. Can we talk a bit about craze? Oh, yeah. So you mean you to, Yeah, we just yes. want to talk, I just want to talk a little bit about craze. I got in for the water. I got permission off the doctors. I was allowed to dive with no heart. So that's not a bad Do you know what the doctor you? said to me? Because I was a bit worried about Don't my, go diving. No, I asked him. You I have said, someone else's heart no, in, that was, in their chest. That, I went through that chest. argument for, for 14 years ago. I went through <laughs> another argument this time. I said, can I dive? I've got a pacemaker. Can I dive with the pressure? And he goes, yeah, go for it. I said, no, can I go diving? Like under the water, scuba diving. He goes, yeah, go for it. I'm like, do I have some sort of argument coming on here? Can I fight this? And he goes, no, you'll be fine. So what about the pacemaker? Will it blow up? And he goes, oh, you should. He goes, the only way you'll blow it up, I tell you what, people get cremated he goes, when people get cremated, when they pass away, he goes, if we don't take their pacemakers out, he goes, they crack the shits because the pacemaker blows up and he goes, unless you're getting cremated, that's the only way you're going to blow this thing up in your chest. It's I've prob- just gone, oh, thanks for that. It's probably less of an issue for you. I, like, I, I mean, it, it uh, might I'm, be an issue for those around, but for you. Yeah, like- I was like, we don't need to go down that path, so I won't say my doctor's name, but he's a terrific doctor and a great fella and had a good joke with me, but we had a great little laugh and he gave me permission and it was unbelievable to get back in the water. And you know what was even... No, it wasn't better. What are you I looking for? I had more for? clarity in a bowl of Cocoa Pops. <laughs> That's how dirty the water was. <laughs> well, there's been so much yep. rain everywhere. What, what are you looking for when it is murky, like it is at the moment? And we're seeing that sort of, yeah. you know, you can cut and paste this for the East Coast because it's like that <laughs> it's not everywhere. Far off. What are you looking for? When you're uh, looking what, for craze. You know, reef systems, yep. you know, heavy reef structure. Yep. Are you looking for pinnacles? What, what's, what's your aim when looking for craze? So we won't get into the dirty water side of it because hopefully it goes away sooner than later. Mm. But just we're just looking for reef that I don't, I don't like reef that's too big because everyone else goes on the big stuff. Yep. So if you're standing around and say you're diving, we'll go between five to ten metres. If you stand up a pinnacle that comes up three or four metres, quite often a lot of people be in that area or know where that mark is and they'll go to that area. So I actually like to go somewhere where there's a lot of reef 
and get off it a little bit, a few hundred meters, and yep. sand around, and just you don't need a so lot. So locate your reef and then move push off back it a bit. After. Yeah, and yep. I like finding smaller stuff. So stuff that still has enough growth on it. I like the red. I call it the red fluffy stuff that lives on the rocks. You only know if you're a diver what it is. But it seems the craze seem to love <laughs> this type of weed that's down there. I wouldn't have a clue what it's called. There's thousands of types down there. I'm pretty sure the red the, fluffy stuff works. Well, I don't think that's a scientific name. It was the scientific name. Until someone got too smart and called it something stupid, but it was—it's it, good when you're down there and you find that small stuff, and you just look at like you just got to keep looking. Don't think that a hole's too small because you'd be amazed what the craze get into. Like a lot of the time, craze get in into a crevice and it opens up at the back, for instance, or where they're sitting. And you get a cray, you grab it, and you can't even pull it out. It's that you have to work it out. They get into small places. So those big stuff, try and avoid that if possible. The only reason I say that is because a lot of people dive it. Obviously, so harder to get to than more successful. Yeah, that's what I, I, yeah, I think it off. Just get off the main stuff. Get use your sounder, back your gain down. So what you're doing, your gain on your sounder, you you literally sound over something. And if you pull your game back just a little bit, you can actually sound through the reefs and actually see what's under it. And it's hard to explain. I've got videos on Salt Guide, but you can back your gain right out, and it shows you the tunnels basically that are under the ledges and whatnot. And if you're not finding that big stuff, don't be hesitant to just to find the small stuff. The craze will be in it as long as there's reefy ground there, and if there's abalone around, if you're seeing wobbegong sharks, you're in the right area because we got a couple. Got a big we got our craze in the week, gnawing from your arm. Pretty much, we had to four craze we got on the weekend. Every one of them had a wobby within under well, close within two meters of it. Like they they're just in the area we dive a lot of wobbies and they love eating crays and it's a great place to start diving. So um, yeah, cray season's opened and I've got an early gaff that's coming up straight after the break. Got a huge show of real adventures coming your way this morning. We talk Christmas presents as well. Going to give you a couple of great tips heading into this Christmas if you're not sure. What to purchase for your loved ones. We've got a few ideas. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures for our great mates at Club Marine. You're, in, you're insured by Club Marine? I am insured by Club Marine. I have been for the whole t- my whole boating career that I can remember, ever since I've been with a, had a boat. Yourself? Oh, thankfully, Mark Lacroix insured with Club Marine as well. Otherwise, he, <laughs> he would no longer have a boat. Spoke about him last well, week on the show. He, he, well, he doesn't have a boat. <laughs> He's waiting for a new spoke one because he broke it. <laughs> spoke about him on the show. Very important. Uh, get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor trail. And gear, all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Hey, Redman. Can I just go with my early gaff before we get into something? Please. Yes, you can. Fisheries Vic. You're not happy. No. Good Why friend. not? Mate. So, you go. Silly, the Silly Blue Tags, I nicknamed them that, what, half a dozen years ago. We're talking crayfish. Not quite now, half obviously. a dozen. Crayfish, yes. Yes. They come out, they were annoying, you had to tag your craze, but they were easy to log online. Yep. The craze changed colour, I think they went blue, yellow, green, I'm pretty sure. We logged all our craze where we caught them in the east or west of uh, east or west of the state, into the carapace size, into uh, male, female, etc. Now they got rid of the silly tags because they were silly, but they got rid of them and they put an online. Off your feedback, there. They were definitely my feedback, <laughs> and they got rid of them and uh, they bought in an app, which is the GoFish app, which is to register and log your crayfish. So you log you, you log your dive on your way out or when you where you log just basically where you're going. 
uh, how many dives you've done, blah, 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 and how many craze you get, for instance. And so you don't have to tag bit. a fish no. that you're no. taking home. But you have to log them. Yeah. We didn't log ours on, on the weekend, our craze. Daniel and I were allowed two each. We didn't log ours. Yep. Probably going to get a fine now. But I reckon there'll be a lot of support behind me because the app is shocking. Navigate. It just doesn't work. We yeah. kept getting this error popping up on our thing. I tried on my phone. I got a different error. It just didn't work. And I went onto Facebook just by chance scrolling. And just obviously, to see if there's any feedback well, around I it. I didn't even mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mean to do it. I just kept coming. It came up multiple times. I've got it in front of me here. It's just about to show you there, just a quick look at it. Crave Diving Victoria, the page is called. There is that many comments and I guess, well, someone's posted how much difficult they've had logging on the iPad when they returned home. Okay, I've tried recording my female cray, blah, blah, blah. He goes on, I phoned them last year reporting a similar issue. Conversation was a fight. I heard that they told us they have IT issues and a lot of other people are having this issue. Why in the hell is the app there if the if it's not working, in all seriousness? It is just a pain in the backside. Like, I'm sitting there getting frustrated. I'm trying to do the right thing, not getting fined. Well, perhaps it's the best intentions without exactly... Following through with great detail. Exactly. So I'm hoping that we don't get a fine because I've just announced that we didn't log them. And I don't plan to log them if it's not going to work because it, we're trying to do the thing for Fisheries Victoria, sustainability. We're yes. trying to put all this research into it. And I'm more than happy to do it. I couldn't care less. I'm and by more, and large... But I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. And I don't, want a fish, I don't want a fisheries officer pulling me up at the boat ramp saying, have you logged your, have you logged your craze? Oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't log in. Oh, bull crap, you can't log in, show me. Then all of a sudden, I'm wasting my time talking to that officer in a 35-degree day, 35-degree uh, day. Well, you can, give, you can give him your phone and he's like, here you go. Here you check. go, mate, do it yourself, we've tried, blah, blah, blah. It's as simple as that. So early gaff is going to Fisheries Vic. I'm not happy with the app at the minute. And I don't think, going off the 55 comments that were on that page... A lot of people went out diving on the weekend because it was our first it was crazy, first good weather in cray season opening. And a lot of people were not happy with it, Patrick. So it wasn't just myself and my tech skills. We might have to get uh, Travis Dowling, a good mate from Fisheries on. He wouldn't even know what the app was. <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> it's now time for the whip around. Actually, Trav does love getting in the water, Patrick. I shouldn't say he that. He does. I shouldn't say that. that was, he's very. He's actually loves his fishing, boating. He's actually... Well, you know what? Let's let's get him on and, and have a yep. chat to him about it. Because if it's something that you know people are having issues with, no doubt yeah. they'll have received that. Sounds great. Let's get the big boss on and get me in the in the bad book. Sounds good. Let's do it. Snare <laughs> <laughs> time for the whip around. Thanks to Club Marine. Uh, let's get into the snapping. Uh, snap. I was going to say snapping. The snapper, and we'll start off in Victoria and your fishing so far. Yep. They're going nuts, mate. Yeah, going really good. Had a great week on them again. Charter boats are going good. We keep talking about them at snapper season. Hey, how's this? How's this? You like this one? Mm-hmm. Go on. Those uh, Ninja Turtles rocked up during the week with a green band around their eyes and the yellow tail. Really? Yes, Crossy from Cross Country Fishing Charters. How good, mate. He had some very rats rock up. Vasileski had some rats rock up. And there was a... Top water? He so just we had are following the snapper. We Just are, of following. course, talking about yellowtail kingfish. I probably should have said that. Uh, it's <laughs> rocked up out of the other entrance of Western Port too, a massive fish. If it wasn't 25 kilo, just a bite, just on a live squid, a random fish got caught. Really? It's very exciting. The water is shithouse. It's the only way to explain it. The colour's putrid. The temperature's not there. It's great signs. It's all good things for Victorian kingfishing. And I really hope they keep coming down. So that's just a quick report on the kingfish. Where are you seeing this water temperature over the next couple of weeks then, leading mm. into Christmas? Like if yeah. that if that can pick up a degree, 
Like, is that gonna is that I'd, gonna give us a great Christmas I'd period? Love, on? I'd love to tell you this, but my water temp, Gibbsy, my best mate, didn't wind mine up properly, and it doesn't work. So I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's sitting around that sort of fifteen to sixteen degrees. I jumped in the water the other day, and oh my god, it was wet. It was so wet and cold. You've got no idea. It does make sense <laughs> if you jump in the water? It was, it, but it, it was wetter. Wet. It wetter than normal. It felt colder. <laughs> so it was it was freezing cold when we got in, and it was second dive. Gibb, it was like struggling. It wasn't struggling, but it was. It was cold, <laughs> and it, anyway, it's it's still. We just needed to come up to eighteen, and January's. I've said January's the time. Jan, so we've got another month. Tigger didn't skip a few beats with how chilly it was, or is that it? I cranked soft? the pacemaker up. I've got electric things attached to it, Patrick. I got a button. I tell you what, something else did feel it. I shrunk up a little bit. We won't lie there. Not that I need any shrinkage there, Patrick. The but hands, your hands. The, the hands really shriveled up. Yep. And you need gloves. <laughs> I had gloves on. Let's get into New South Wales. Uh, huge flathead are getting caught more consistently now because the temp is picking up. And they're big plastics. You spoke Massive last plastics. week on the size lures. And, and people are using hard bodies to catch. Lee Rayner has spent the week down in, weekend in a bit down in Malakuta. I haven't heard how he's gone, but he has done really... I've seen on a few Instagram stories. He's done yeah. quite well. And I saw the size of the plastics he's using. Unweighted plastics. Half the size of the fish. Stupid size. But they work. They work really well. First, uh, Marlon, this will get you excited Ooh. off Burmy. It won't get, won't get you excited because your boat's getting ready. God. <laughs> this was landed about a week ago. You're hitting up in end, end of Feb. Of Feb. Yep. So... That's a nice sort of sign over the next month. If we're starting to see him now. It's a great sign. First mile and come out of Birmingham, which is awesome to see, and I'm excited. Uh, no water, nothing really there. Probably just a lost fish that's getting ready to move, has gotten ready to move down with the current, a bit ahead of times, yep. a bit like me. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it looks, looks, I'm hoping it's going to be a cracker season. It should be, Pat. It has to be. Heading further north, Queensland, mackerel off Bundaberg. They've been going really well. Fast retrieval metal lures are working best. Uh, Pilly under a balloon I love that technique It working really well too So, so obviously it's not weighted It just sits yep. un- drifts under that balloon Yep Just like drifting for a shark But you basically are With the teeth that these mackerel have But you drift the balloon out the back Unweighted with a pilly And while you're doing that You can Any sort of reef structure out of Bundy Or wherever you're fishing on the bottom Have a balloon out the back on a pilly And the mackerel come through You're going to pick them up And that way you can start using the metals after that Works really well Any other sort of captures of note up there? Just a few black marlin up to the 30 kilo range. Now, see what? I think this is one of the most sought after species, I'm going to call it. Black marlin. In the, but where they're catching it, it's in a couple of feet of water, in a metre of water Sorry? around the reefs. Have you, Al McGlashan has some terrific footage of when he's done it. I've seen ET, I've seen worse. So many people have been up there on TV that have gone up around the world that go into the shallow waters yeah. around our beautiful country of Australia to target these marlin. There's only a few areas they do this. Yep. Juvenile black marlin, they push into this shallow water. Soft plastic, sight casting them, small black marlin, 30 kilo. and Which is, I think it's a nice size black marlin versus your three to 500 kilo that you're <laughs> going to spend a couple of weeks fishing for. Yep. And winding a couple of weeks in. winding in. Yeah, well, these are, they put on an aerial. You can't like, get that acrobatics. much time off work, mate. I don't know. I've done pretty well this year in the hospital, but <laughs> it's... It's uh, they're they're amazing because they're juvenile. They're stupid. They yeah. jump out of the water and they go mental. Like they just jump out. They go crazy. And it's a visual. It's probably similar to that. Um, 
oh, what do you call it? that salmon kingfish sort of scenario with the with the sailfish that I refer to? Yeah, but it's probably it probably is similar to the sailfish fishing. Yeah, it probably is because you go you can go on target and lighter gear, spin gear, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lighter gear and the acrobatic etc. Western uh, Australia, Roebuck Bay, holding some huge thread fin salmon on hard bodies. I have, uh, can I? I don't know the name of the gentleman, but you will. The women's AFL grand final was on on the weekend. Just gone. A few weeks. Yeah, the coach, the coach of the losing side. Do you know who that was? Of the losing side. He was there. He was the gentleman that caught it. He went up there and he caught plenty. Oh, it was on, it was his post. name is, uh, It didn't have his name on the post and I couldn't click the link without paying for it. So, name escapes me right now. That's well, really the AFL woman's coach. That's that, bad by that, you. That's gonna. It's gonna. You you find it and I'll no, keep going. No, he always does a he always does a uh, a shoey. Well, he's up there catching threadfin salmon in Roebuck Bay right now. Uh, Tarwine had some terrific... I'll keep going while you find that. Tarwine had gonna, some terrific annoy me. flathead and brim Craig Starsevich. There you go. Yep, that gentleman was up there catching beautiful... Loves the shoey, big Craig. Huh? Well, yeah. And he's fishing by the looks of it. We might have to get him on the show, Patrick. That's your job. Tarwine had some... Tarwine, sorry, had some terrific flathead and brim captures during the week on prawns. Heading to your old neck of the woods, South Oz, Long Beach in Robe. I love Robe. Managed to camp on the beach multiple times there. It's a cracker place. Mulloway action. Souries and squid working very good. Early morning, late afternoon working the best. The barrel capital of... We won't go Victoria. Of the country... Because it's not in Victoria. Port Mac last year. Be very well, careful. this year, I should say. I tell you what. Well, we've got to claim a bit of Port Mac at times, oh. don't we? They won't be happy with me saying that, my good friends down there. Uh, big King George Whiting on offer right now. Huge and lots of them, Pat. Um, Southerly Charters bagged their whole boat out on massive King George Whiting during the week. And he's not bad. Multiple reports from there too. So it's fishing very, very well. Have you seen the photos of uh, Brett Mensforth, so SA Angler, yep. uh, fishing... South Australia and fishing flats. You did send this through. I actually didn't see it for Mulloway, and I'm we're talking meter plus Mulloway, and and these, I'll say they're not plastics; they're hard bodies, but they're like the swimmer baits. Bloody massive things! Like that's as exciting a fishing yeah. as you can get, they're, and fishing in really shallow water. I'm just looking at the photos there. Look how crystal clear that clear is. It is how come yeah. we don't see that? <laughs> it's beautiful water. Uh, we're going to head to Tassie now for our last report. Derwent is fishing amazing. I haven't spoke about the Derwent, but that hasn't slowed down. But the Browns have just gotten bigger. It's like they've been eating steroids, to tell you the truth, Patrick, because they are massive. massive. Right on dark, fishing extremely well. Best time to fish for them is by... And in the early morning, the bent minnows are working the best. If you're in a boat, and if you're not, fly fishing as well has been working really well too. Fishing the northwest coast uh, of Tasmania, the snapper, King George Whiting, have been going mental land-based on a big stretch. I can't put it into one area. It's that whole stretch, the way that the wind's been coming in. Now, you just need to pick your times when to go. Dirty water, the better, more fish you're going to catch. Same as we talk about on the show. You get that dirtier water, the whiting and the snapper are feeding so much better land-based, and that's the best time to catch these, uh, catch the snapper and the whiting off the, uh, off the land. That was the whip around for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat motor, trailer and gear all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. I was going to say the social club, mate, we are pretty much out of time, but there is one quick one that I do want to get in because Jed's been sending messages for a few weeks now. Red, great to hear you back under the water diving for craze. Any chance you can help us find clear water? When's the clear water going to come? In the bath. (laughs) What <laughs> no, so what we did was we went into a place where we had marks where we wanted to dive and it was dirty water. 
But with Gibbsy got in and had a look, he got a cray, but it was undiveable. The Viz was under a metre. It was dangerous. He headbutted the bottom like multiple times because he yeah. couldn't find where the bottom was. Yep. And when he come up, he didn't know where the top was. So we got away from from the Barwon River. So if you're anywhere around Victoria, get away from any inlets that's yep. going to have water coming out is the easiest way to explain it. Keep the swell light. Like Don't go diving with the swell because as soon as you get a bit of swell now because the water's not great, it just stirs it up in seconds. And the main one is anything where the fresh runoff is coming in, anywhere, any river. You've got to remember, there's going to be more water coming into the ocean than ever before because with like places that it hasn't come in for a long time and only during winter is where you're going to find... Uh, the dirtier water, so stay away from it and get slightly deeper, deeper away from the beaches, and that's how you're going to find clear water. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Now time for All Aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy our special guest this morning is none other than Collingwood star Mason Cox. Big man, thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm quite excited. It's good to be on a fishing show. Well, we met up uh, at a Brooklyn Nets game in the States. I think it was about a month ago. And you were asking around Groot Island. We have a mutual mate, Bomber Farrell, around whether it's worth going up there fishing. It was, clearly. Yep. Yeah, so it was unreal. I must say this about the uh, the basketball game. You you definitely had some courtside seats. Uh, they were a bit better than mine. So well done, congrats <laughs> to you. I'm not sure what, what your connect is, but um, yeah, no, it was it was awesome, man. Like I, I kind of got there. I was like, oh, I've got to ask Patty. I know he's been up there with Bomber before. Like he's had the experience because I'd never actually met Bomber in person. And I'm flying halfway up to you know halfway across the country to go to Grand Island, a very remote place to be on a boat with someone for three days and you want to make sure if you're on a boat with someone for three days, you're going to enjoy the company. <laughs> um, so I had to get a bit of lowdown from you to see if it was uh, definitely worthwhile. Uh, but as soon as you, uh, you know, we talked about it, you were just so, uh, so like, you know, so excited about it, man. I know you've been up there quite a few times and you could talk about your experiences up there and how amazing it is and just how off the grid and unique the fishing is up there. It's, uh, it's really just a, a magical place. For those playing along at home, Groot Island is roughly an hour and 20 minutes flight from Darwin, sort of head northeast, and it has been made popular, I suppose, by the manganese mine that is um, you know, central to a lot of the development that's happened there. Uh, there's a, there's a, an incredible diversity, though, when it comes to fishing, and one of the, the species that gets people excited, and especially our great mate, Bomber Farrell is sailfish. He tagged his thousandth billfish during this year, uh, and and a fishing experience with Bomber is like few others because, as you said, you're just on a boat with him, and he does tend to rant and rave when you're out fishing together. He's he's a bit of a drill sergeant. I think is kind of <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, there's two of us on the boat. We went out there and like everyone's asking him questions as you go out there, you know, because he's on the very, um, he's been out there probably longer than most people. And um, he just knows every inch of the place. And um, the bill fishing there, like he's, he is the, the OG, I feel like up there. And he, um, it's kind of less fishing and more almost hunting, I feel like, because you don't just cast and hope for the best, you know, like you have to go find the fish. And that's what Bomber is elite at. And um, he'll get the binoculars out and he'll see some where some birds are and they'll smash down the water. And then 
he goes from very calm to just extremely excited and barking directions very quickly. Um, and it just, it's kind of like one of those things, the excitement rubs off on you. You get excited and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you see the fish in the water and then you, you finally hook one. It's just this um, extraordinary experience that you just have to have in your lifetime, I feel like. And I know, Patty, you, you might be able to talk to it, uh, your experience with it. And I'm not sure how many selfish you've caught with that uh, with Bomber, but yeah, like tell me a bit, like I guess, about what you you know you enjoyed so much being up there and being able to experience that. Well, the thing that I found with sailfish fishing, the first fish that I caught, it's the closest that I can remember to kicking a goal on the MCG when there's <laughs> you know sixty thousand plus fans because it's that level of excitement. You put so much work into it, as you said. You actually hunt the fish. This is not trawling around for hours and hours. You definitely do that part, but you do not put a a line in the water until you've actually seen the fish. So it's so close to hunting, which I think, you know, there's such an incredible, um, you know, element to that that is is like few other sort of forms of fishing. Yeah, it's it's totally unique. And to catch, I mean, we caught a a little marlin while we're up there and five selfish and because um, Bomber's so good at what he does. We caught it before, I think, like 12.30, a storm rolled in. <laughs> We're like, you know, that, that's good enough for today. And they're um, proper storms but, up there, aren't they? They aren't just like, you oh. know, a little bit of rain here and there. It is proper. <laughs> it's proper. The last thing you want to be doing is to be three hours or two hours from home <laughs> and a storm rolls over you and you're going, this is going to be a long trip back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're, they're majestic animals. Like, they end up... Um, like the way they move in the water and everything else, you know, it's just something that I've never really seen before. And, and to feel the power of one of those actual animals, it's um, it's quite just different from anything else that's uh, you know I've, I've seen or felt in that sense. Now, you do a bit of fishing back home because one of uh, Collingwood's biggest supporters is none other than iFish's own Paul Worsling, probably the most recognisable angler in the whole country, and he's a bloody mm. Collingwood supporter. Oh, he's he's a Geelong supporter too. You're too. You're, you're oh, I'm not sure about that. Like, <laughs> he's, he's a Paddy Dangerfield supporter also, but yes, he's a mad Collingwood supporter. I think is probably the top thing he'll say. And you, you guys are great mates. You know, you you fish quite a bit together. Uh, is there much time once the season rolls around? We're obviously back into pre-season now. Things get a bit busy. Yeah, things are a bit busy. Um, it is. It's uh, it's tough to kind of fit them in here and there. Whenever it comes to season, you want to get a bit of downtime and everything else. But I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say every every once in a while I get a cheeky text message on Tuesday morning and say Wednesday morning we're going to go out and y'all you know, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's now he's he's an absolute legend. And I mean, it's same as like kind of fishing with Bomber up there. It's uh, you know the the knowledge that he has of the area and everything else just makes the experience so much better. And, um, he's, he's become a good mate of mine and uh, done a bit of charity stuff together. It's how we actually kind of got linked up with a few other people and some of these other experiences. So it's, um, yeah, it's a great friendship that uh, we've kind of developed over the years and um, someone I definitely enjoy hanging out on a boat with all day. So that's, uh, that's the more important thing. Having spent a couple of weeks in the States, um, you know, about a month ago now, uh, and experiencing NFL, college football and NBA, um, you in Australia, in terms of your persona, how open you are to the media, your conversation around the game, it's quite unique. There's not too many players that are as open as what you are, yet travelling to the States, it is the norm. 
the engagement levels are through the roof and it's very much a show and it's fun and it's enjoyable. How how have has the adjustment been for you? Because it is different to how people view things in Australia. But I feel like everything that we we do in Australia, it's sort of twenty years behind sport in America with how open athletes are around conversation on the game, not taking it too seriously and having a bit of fun with it. That was clear to me. Has that been challenging playing Aussie rules in Australia and being a big American? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the biggest thing is then like uh, the, some of the, the advice I give to people because people always say, you know, like you're quite different. You're the tallest guy to ever play ASL. You're American. You wear goggles. Like you, you seriously cannot do anything more different from anyone else that's out there. And um, I, I, to me, it's just kind of t- staying true to myself. And like, like Patty, I'll tell you this, man. Like you've, you've done a lot better than I have. Like you at least still have respect. I've had to go down the road trying to make fun of myself after all this. But um, yeah, it's, it's something being different, I feel like, is, is sometimes looked at as, you know, you know, maybe we need to put someone back in the box in an Australian kind of culture. And they talk about tall poppy syndrome. The fact that there's already, you know, a, a wording for it is kind of crazy in itself. That's so probably, you know, so well known around Australia that this is a thing. But in America, it's more of, um, you know, they kind of celebrate a bit of difference, which is, is unique to Australia. And they, they haven't really caught on on that since. And I mean, we look at this and I mean, I look at this, this show, you know, and you're, you're branching out to other things. You're wanting to do other passions that you have. And sometimes people can look at that and say, you know, we need to put him back in his box because he should be, you know, just focused on footy. And that's the only thing he should care about. But as you would know, like these things that you do on the side and these hobbies you have and everything else keep you at a mental health state that's positive and, um, and encouraging to, to want to do the right thing whenever it comes to post career. And it gives you opportunities that, you realize you're not going to have whenever you retire, probably. So the more you can do it while you're in the game, the more you can show people what you're passionate about, show what you enjoy. Hopefully that leads to something whenever you finish that you can walk into another job that you're you're loving just as much as AFL whenever you're into it. And that's kind of the mentality I took with everything else. And yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm funny, funny times I'm wrong and I'm willing to, I'm willing to own up up to that, but I don't think it's a, um, an issue to be passionate about something and wanting the best for, for other people. And, Hopefully, um, you know, people see that through some of the stuff that I do. Is is that the next frontier, do you think, for Australian athletes to be less fearful of what others think and, as you said, true to yourself, be yourself, have fun with it. Haters are always going to hate, but if you're having fun with it, then who really cares? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's always – you can always go too far with that. Um, I mean, it's it's a team sport at the end of the day. It's not – you look at some of the American sports like NBA, there's only, you know, 12 guys on the team. So one person can make such a big difference in a team where in AFL to have, you know, 22 guys, 23 as a sub, it's not just one person that's going to win a game. It's, it's one of those things you still have to um, understand that it is a team sport. You definitely have to gel the team and have one goal together to be able to be successful. Tailored to the individual where, Australian sport is always, or AFL standards is always such a team sport that, you know, it's it's unique. And to build a culture where people are different, different characteristics, different backgrounds, but all can have this common, you know, commonality to, to reach this one goal is tough to create. And I think that it is maybe the next step where I think 20 years ago it was, if you don't follow us, we're going to kick you out. Where now it's very individualized, where we have to understand your background. We understand what you're passionate about. 
and we take the good out of that and we try to, you know, encourage you to keep doing those things going forward while also being able to go towards our goal as a team. And I think that's something that definitely AFL is starting to see. You're starting to see a lot more coaches are starting to take this really, you know, different aspect towards players of maybe consoling a bit more rather than being so ruthless. And I think that's kind of probably one of the biggest things you'll see over the next five to 10 years as coaches and um, the successful coaches, you know, you talk about some of the people who have won premierships and stuff, have these amazing connections with their players. And it's not just a, a boss and a subordinate, it's more of a family atmosphere. And is that something that you've really tried to, to foster at Collingwood? Obviously, to go from 17th in one season to, to top four and, and one of the, the better teams in the competition, is that something that's really been fostered and has been a big part of the success the clubs have had of recent times? Yeah, Craig's big on it. Um, he's big on, you know, having, I guess we call it side-by-side kind of culture at the club. And uh, he's massive on, you know, honing on the positivities and celebrating people's differences and things like that. And, yeah, we might not have been as successful as some people that might be on this phone call last year, but... Um, Took 16 <laughs> years, mate. Took 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, mate. I'm still a bit jealous. <laughs> I still think back to that, uh, that first game in the finals. I think, what if? Um, but, need, need a bit uh, of luck sometimes. You need a bit of luck. <laughs> I think y'all didn't need as much luck as you probably say it, but... Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been awesome. Like the last year, I know we probably weren't touted to be at the top of the table or top four or anything like that to, to get to where we were and have an 11 game winning streak was probably a credit to one, the head coach and the people he's brought in to, to support him throughout that. And, you know, the culture he's kind of, you know, being able to create in such a short amount of time. And it is very accepting the culture. And he is one of those people I've got a long standing relationship with him. He was the first coach I ever had in Australia. So I've known him for a very long time. And, I know what he's about and I know his ethics and his morals are a very high standard. So it's cool to see someone like that, you know, that you want to see successful, that you have a, an amazing relationship with and to see him essentially have no expectations to being successful enough to make a top four, you know, side is, is pretty awesome from my standpoint, just as a friend of his, much less as a, uh, essentially a business partner, partner with him. Big man, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Uh, the authenticity that you show as an athlete in Australia uh, it's it's close to unique. There's not too many uh, that are as raw and honest as what you are. It's a breast of fresh air, certainly in AFL circles. So thank you for coming on the show this morning and talking a bit of fishing and a bit of footy. No worries, bro. I appreciate you having me on and uh, congratulations on the success last year and uh, hopefully you're not as good as uh, as we are this year. <laughs> I'll see you on the footy field, Big Mason Cox, our special guest on Real Adventures this morning. It's now time for Red's Review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Redmond, I've got a really good one for you as we head into uh, Christmas. Great time of the year. But, you know, finding gifts and that sort of thing can be a bit of a pain in the ass We're doing this right through to Christmas, aren't we? We are. We're giving, uh, you know, our views on, on presents to... To give, but I like this one. This is a uh, the Wanderer projector with soft screen. So we found this uh, at BCF, and Anaconda have a version of this. Um, your major sort of tackle retailers will have some version of this. Your JB Hi Fi or anything that sells electronics. <laughs> JB, <probably have> <laughs> JB will absolutely. Um, but this thing's gone nuts. You actually do. They they did put a little caveat underneath. 
Due to the high volumes of sales, some stores won't have this because for $120, you get yourself a projector that you can take camping. Uh, you set up your screen, you can peg it between trees, and away you go. You've got yourself an outdoor cinema. So basically, you can't use it in Victoria because your sheet will blow away. <laughs> well, it's, perhaps, but it's 40% off at the moment. We're heading to King Island uh, <laughs> soon. Uh, James Patterson, who you'll get a mention at the end of the show, we're yeah. taking his big boat, myself. Uh, hopefully a few other boys want to come along. That'll be the perfect place to take that, have a few beers around a campfire, watching our footage on the go from the off the GoPro on the big screen for the day, something like that. It would be terrific. Absolutely terrific. Plus the kids, when like the big thing about you know going camping, you need to keep the kids engaged at different stages. You get to the night, it's like, geez, I'm a bit bugger now. Wouldn't mind just a little bit of quiet time. Bang, projector on the tree, everyone can see it. You have your, you know, you have Elf on, like, you know. Christmas time of the year. <laughs> Way you go. So for more information, head to BCF. That's where we found it. Anaconda have versions of it, but the Wanderer projector with soft soft screen. 40% off. 40% off. It's 120 bucks at the moment. And the other one I really liked, Seaflow. Uh, so it is a kayak. Club Marine, uh, Club Marine, Anaconda are doing these at the moment for $200. That's 100 bucks off. I've actually got one of these, bought it a few years back. They're really, really light. So they're a great, um, they're a great kayak because you can pretty much take the thing anywhere. comes in a variety of different colours. You can retrofit sort of a rod holder onto it, but it's really easy to take pretty much anywhere. It's not a heavy kayak, so that's what I like about it. And for 200 bucks, I don't reckon you can get a better price than that. Yeah, and there's so many people using them these days just to get out and fish. Like the, During the summer months, they're, they're everywhere, Pat. They, they are. are absolutely yep. everywhere in the water. Uh, that was Red's Review, Patrick, for our good friends at Club Marine. Do not go anywhere because there is plenty more coming after the break. Well, there's not, Patrick. We're on the home stretch. We've got Red's Tip and the Flying Gaff, and I'm looking forward to it. That was Red's Review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer, and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for Red's tip for the weekend. Red, what do you have for us? I saw during the week a few people on social media diving for craze and no gloves. Mm. And this is my biggest tip. Do not go cray diving without gloves. Every time you come oh in after cray diving, God. lock my hands. Your hands are shredded with gloves. With Kevlar, gloves, Kevlar gloves. They're meant to not let things touch True. your hands, but <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> but, so if you didn't have uh, gloves, but not only that, crawling around on the ground for crays, grabbing rocks, you hurt your hands so much if you don't have them. Because you're not allowed to spear crays. Let's make no, this really clear. Got to grab them by hand. Yes, and they have all these black. This is a scientific name. Black prickly things all over them. Yeah. Spikes all over these crazy dude. In, in Greek, sort of, it's the blackiest, prickliest, <laughs> blackiest, prickliest, son of a bitchiest. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going with today. I'm really impressed with that. And they just stick in your hands, and they don't come out, and you don't notice them to two, three days later, and they get infected. Yep. And it's it, they just hurt, and you don't need to go through it. Go spend sixty bucks or forty bucks on a set of gloves from any dive store or whatever you want to do. Kevlar gloves, dive gloves. So you want to make sure they're Kevlar, though, don't you? Kevlar makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, they make a big difference. They protect you a little bit more. It works really well. It's forty to eighty bucks. Get yourself a set of gloves. You're not going to have damaged hands. They will rip your hands apart. They will yeah. generally, if a cray grabs your hand, it'll rip your hand apart. Especially if you get a big bull. Like I've got scars all over my hands from crays where they've yeah up here and down there where they've dug their big. 
We call them the pincers. Was your face attacked by one as well? Uh, no, that was hit by a bus. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. It's uh, it's it's one thing to, you need to get is a set of gloves Sorry. if you're getting into cray diving. That's enough of that because I'm excited for the flying gaff this week. Yeah, the it's flying gaff this week. It. Well, t- heard this secondhand because I was uh, training resumed. Jackie Rowan, Gary Rowan, myself training. He's like, what about this? What about what? Oh, so you didn't hear it from me. I didn't tell you this. No, no. Oh, Chucky did. What about this? This is even better. Get a call from Aaron. Right on. Not yourself. You mean, yeah, has got a call from me, yep. Gary Rowan gets a call from you. We need to go out. In the boat. In the boat. I've got no car. What do you mean? James Pattinson, a.k.a. the cricketer, former Australian test cricketer, James Pattinson. Like a big bum. Uh, he's got himself a new boat, 30-foot, twin 300 Mercs. Massive thing. No change out of 500,000, I don't reckon. Wouldn't have thought. Uh, they do go best with fuel. Oh, so much better. $1,600 to $1,800 worth usually. Uh, 800 litres. Runs out of fuel, inches close to the rip. Yep. And he calls you, mate, out of fuel. So, James. He rang me and he was 60 metres to 80 metres. He wouldn't have been 100 from an 80 metre drop off. <laughs> he was in 14 metres in the, just before the middle of the ebb tide, which was reaching five and a half knots. That's moving for me, those playing at home. It's moving very fast. And he rings me and goes, Red, I need your help. So like, what do you want? I need you to, I'm out of fuel. So what do you want me to do? I'm at home. I'm just inside the rip. I said, FaceTime me, where are you? I saw where he is. And then I went moved. into work mode straight away because I <laughs> panicked. I actually panicked. I rang water police that I'm friends with. I rang every person I know on the water. No one's near him. I've got no car. I've done a steering thing in my car. <sighs> I've had no. I rang every all the boys and I'm like, who has a Ute? I'm like, Gaz has a Ute. Ring Gaz. Gaz lives around the corner from me. Get to my joint. Hook the boat on. We got out there. As I get there, Marine Rescue get to him. Without being rude, they're volunteers. They do a yeah. great job. I said, James, I'll tow you in. Please let me tow you in. Anyway, man, they give him twenty liters. He's running four hundred liter tanks on either side. Twenty liters and Mercs ain't going to last long. I was going to say on a three hundred horsepower. Was, it, w- it would have more than twenty liters through through as, the engine at any one as stage. it starts. Yes. So anyway, he gets their fuel in, we prime it up, we get going, I get the fuel tank, run back in, fill it up, run it back to him, keep giving him fuel, manage to get in on one engine, can't even park it on a pier, and I wish there was CCTV footage <laughs> of him everywhere he went. So the gas going Pato's way for nearly dying in the rip, lucky it was a calm day, all I can say is don't take the rip for, rip for granted, it's a prick of a place, it's dangerous, be safe out there, and uh, we're going to see you out in the water very soon. This has been Real Adventures. Thanks for your company. We'll see you next week as we head into the Christmas season. Each and every week we're giving away, or not giving away, but we're giving out ideas as we head towards Christmas time. Thanks for your company. See you next week.